Thanks, Jim and Mark. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be together. It is indeed. Well, let me uh, get out of the way. Well, Christmas is indeed coming. So 14 days. It is. 14 days. That's 14 sleeps, I suppose. Um, are you ready for Christmas? Have you done all what you need to do? I, I certainly love the... I've always loved it. I love the rush of the Christmas Eve shopping. Uh, it's, it is great fun. I love it. And I love the... Uh, I'm, I am wondering how that's going to go in Robertson on Christmas Eve. <laughs> so when I jump out at 4pm on Christmas Eve afternoon and want to do a bit of shopping, is anything going to be open? I don't think so. So I might have to change what I normally like. Um, what's Christmas mean for you then? For, uh, it might be family and holidays, uh, Santa, maybe that gets talked about a bit at home. Uh, cricket, that is for me, I love the sound of cricket. It just makes me go to sleep on the couch. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, love it. And rumour has it, well, it might be heat as well. So in last year in Dubai, we had a lovely winter's day of 30 degrees and um, that was cool. Uh, we had to put our little jackets on for that. Uh, but rumour has it that on Christmas Day, someone told me in 1963 in Robertson, it snowed. There you go. Okay. I've got a witness. There you go. Excellent. So I had a bit of trouble believing that, to be totally honest. But now a few more people have said it. So it might get snow. Wouldn't that be nice? Now, a wonderful tradition at Christmas, of course, is the giving and receiving of gifts, uh, presents. We love that. Uh, and you would have noticed, uh, Beck pointed out before, Beck pointed out a number of things, which I'll get into in, into in just a moment. Um, and uh, lovely Christmas tree with gifts underneath it. Um, at this point... What I was going to do in my talk to you this morning, I was going to come and bring and show you a number of gifts that, uh, that I'd given. Then what I was going to do, my last little gift I was going to bring out was going to be a little baby. <laughs> so in here, what I was going to do, I was going to show you here, here was a wrapped up little baby, but I'm not going to open it now. Um, I'm going to use Beck's baby because um, this is um, church planning 101, by the way. Uh, helps to talk, doesn't it? But anyway, it was a great idea. But I tell you what, her little baby, that's, you know, it's, pretty, it's a pretty good little baby, isn't it? Like, it's got hay and stuff like that. That's awesome. Mine was just a little baby in a jumpsuit. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to use this little baby for my illustration. I'm going to use the other one tonight, though. Or maybe I can borrow this one as well. This is pretty good. It's even, I don't, it, it does have pink, so it might have been a girl baby, but it's wrapped up pretty well. So there you go. Um, that was, that was going to be my illustration. So I'm sort of... Uh, that's okay, though. Uh, it's, yeah, I'm going to just plough on, you know? It's a, <laughs> it is funny. I was watching you go, there's going to be a baby in that bag, isn't there? It's going to be a baby in that bag. Well, that's true. Though. God's gift to us uh, is a little baby, which is interesting, isn't it? A little baby. Matthew 1, the, the passage that was read to us, Mark read to us, uh, tells us that God's gift to the world was actually not a toy baby, of course. Uh, God's gift to the world was a real one, flesh and blood like you and I. Uh, Matthew 1.21 says, where the angel uh, speaks to Joseph about Mary, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. You know, the little baby Jesus, and it is a pretty spectacular one there, um, the little baby Jesus we read about in the Christmas story, born in such humble circumstances, in an animal's feeding trough, became arguably 
the most influential figure in world history. This little baby's impact on the world has been, it's almost, it's almost immeasurable, really. Like, for example, our calendars, of course, are based on the birth of Jesus. But it was Jesus and Christians following him who, uh, who radically changed the way society viewed children. Humanitarian reform, the treatment of women, compassion and the sanctity of life, even education. Because of Jesus, the world changed for the better. But as good as those things are, and, and I guess we could even keep that list going of how Jesus has impacted the world, Jesus' greatest impact on our world is most accurately seen in Matthew 1, verse 21. He will save his people from their sins. So God's gift to the world, Jesus, God's Son, who came to save his people from their sins. Now today, what I want to do, I want to unpack that verse. And indeed, I'd love to introduce you to, to, the, to the baby that changed the world. I'd love it if you would get to know him, uh, perhaps better, perhaps for the first time even. Get to know him like many of us here know him. So meet the baby who grew up to be a man, God's son, that could indeed change your world. So join with me then in Matthew chapter 1. If you've got a Bible there open in front of you, I'm going to spend most of our time on Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. And of course, you can follow on the outline as well. So there are, there are three key phrases that we read from verse 21, which tell us so much about Jesus. And actually, they tell us so much about you and I as well. They tell us so much about us. Here's the first key phrase, he will save. Uh, do you know what your name means? Does anyone... This is not a rhetorical question. What is your name? Josh, what does your name mean? Excellent. Now, I didn't tee this up, but we're going to get back to Joshua in a minute. Yeah, I'll see why. What else does someone's name mean? Gary? My name is Did you make that up, Gary? <laughs> Guardian. Okay. Spear carrier is pretty cool, though. Joan, what does Joan mean? It is indeed with God's gracious gift. There you go. Wow. One more. Dennis? I don't think you want to hear this, but my name means God of wine. God of, God of wine. God of wine. <laughs> okay. There you go. Well, let me inspire you some more. Um, Graham means, wait for it, of the grey land. Wow. That's enough to get you going, isn't it? There you go. Thank you, Mum and Dad. Um, so we try to give our children middle names that um, have meaning, and you can try to work out which names match with which later on. Um, for example, our children's middle names mean loved by God and wisdom and son of comfort. There you go. So ask them later on if you like what their middle names are, and you might better work it out. Jesus' uh, Jesus's name, of course, had great meaning great significance. The name Jesus is the Greek form of Joshua, which means salvation or the Lord saves, because this is what Jesus came to do, <coughs> save his people. Now, the Apostle uh, Paul writes in 1 Timothy 1.15, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So this leads us nicely, I think, into our next key phrase of Matthew 1 verse 21. 
what then do we need to be saved from? What do we need rescue from, if you want to use those words? Well, from our sins. Uh, sins is that sort of nasty Bible word that means our rejection of God. It's something we're all guilty of. It shows itself in the way we treat people and when we treat people badly. It shows itself in our dishonesty. So when we reject God, well, we, we don't love others. That's sin. When we reject God, we reject God, I guess, by the way we lose patience or the way we uh, might cheat and, and lie uh, if we're cruel. And there's eternal consequences to our sin, the Bible says. But back to Matthew 1, verse 21. See, what I'm about to tell you is that, is that uh, something that you and I um, would need, I think probably need pointing out. But to Matthew's readers, who it seems, by the way, this gospel is written, were most likely from Jewish backgrounds, so they knew their Old Testament really well. Their, their ears would have pricked up when they read this for the first time. So the angel in Matthew 1 was quoting from Psalm 130. Verse 7 of Psalm 130 says, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Do you hear that? So the Lord himself will redeem or rescue, save Israel from all their sins. And here is the Lord spoken of in Matthew 1 verse 21. Here is Jesus. Jesus was no ordinary baby. He was the angel. The angel was saying, no ordinary baby. Uh, this is a message, this message that was conveyed to Joseph. The Lord saves and the one who has been conceived in Mary by the Holy Spirit was the Messiah, the, the Christ. God's King, verse 18 says, Jesus the Christ promised from the beginning of Israel's history and that the work of this Messiah would be the work of salvation. Jesus would not stay a cute little baby. He came to save his people from their sin by giving his life as a ransom for many, dying in our place, taking the wrath of God for our sin on himself. Jesus came to save. A few years back, you might, might have heard of this great story by uh, this story about a man called Harrison O'Keeney. Now he and along with his fellow crewmen on board their tugboat were shipwrecked about 32 kilometres off the coast of Nigeria. Video footage emerged of Harrison's rescue. It was unreal. Uh, unlike the remaining 11 sailors, sailors on board, Harrison was able to find an air pocket and wait for rescue. For three days, he waited, uh, he waited under the, in the hull of this boat with no food or water. His rescue came in the form of a body retrieval team. They didn't expect anything alive. The video is amazing. As the diver swims through this dark, upturned ship under the water, or resting on top of the water, really, Harrison's hand reaches out and grabs him. <laughs> no doubt to his surprise. <laughs> um, and in, yeah, you can actually see, it's a great, you can get it on, find it on YouTube. Um, you can see the head torch go oh, like this. Uh, 
He, he, Harrison says he saw the light of the head torch. He saw it swimming by where he was hiding out. And he says uh, he went into the water and tapped him. <laughs> and this is what Harrison says. I was waving my hands and he was shocked. Oh, really? There you go. <laughs> Amazing. See, it's a great story of salvation, of rescue, isn't it? Once lost and in need of rescue, now found, now alive. Salvation. Amazing story. And of course, put simply, the Christmas story is one of salvation. It's not one of presents and gifts and, and, and uh, little babies. It's one of the Saviour who has come into the world. See, we too are in darkness, but in Jesus, the world's rescuer from sin... We've been brought into the light. Our Redeemer, a Rescuer has come and His purpose in coming is to rescue His people from sin and its consequences. Let's look at this final point on your outline. His people. So if that's all true, we've got to actually ask ourselves, don't we? We've got to ask ourselves, um, have I been saved? That's what Christmas is really all about. Have I been saved? Am I one of God's people? who Jesus came to save from their sins. Because if I am not, well, then I'm in still need of rescue. I'm in the darkness. I'm like Harrison, without a rescue. The consequences of being in that position, the Bible says, are very serious. They're devastating, in fact. In his Gospel, Matthew doesn't take long to make the point that it's not just the Jews, the first readers of this Gospel, that could be saved. It was non-Jews as well. In other words, all can be included in God's people, anyone, no matter where you're from, rich or poor, whatever skin colour you have, whatever it is, anyone can be saved and included in God's people, no matter even what you've done. See, later in God's word um, through the Apostle Paul, we read in Titus chapter 2, for the grace of God has appeared, that's Jesus, that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of, our, of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. See the purpose of Jesus coming there? In verse 14, who gave himself to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. See, effectively, we, we, the question probably would be better put, am I one of Jesus' people? Do you follow him? Do you believe in him? As Jesus goes on to say, Jesus' people, Psalm 130 says, put their hope in the Lord, that the Saviour Jesus has dealt with their sin. In him is full redemption, the forgiveness of sin. So in Jesus, we're not condemned. In Jesus, we're made innocent. In Jesus, you are pronounced not guilty. In Jesus, you are pardoned by his death for our sin. And therefore, for Jesus' people who hope in the Lord, that means there's no guilt. There's only forgiveness. No matter what you've done and no matter for however long. That we need to rightly understand as sinners, uh, we don't understand our guilt as sinners, but because of Jesus, we can now live in him forgiven and free. 
serving the one who saves. In a moment, we're going to sing a song uh, that says, No guilt in life, no fear in death, this is the power of Christ in me. So friends, do you you still live in guilt or shame before God? Question we should ask, isn't it? See, Christmas often brings up those things. Family stuff, difficult times, past mistakes, hurts and wrongs, things you've done or things you've said. Perhaps you live in guilt for something that you've done that no one else knows about. Or something you've done that everyone knows about. Here's what Christmas says to us. Here's what the Christmas story says. Here's what God says to us today. You can be forgiven. That's why I came. Friends, um, uh, God says to us today, you can be made right. You can sing no guilt in life and, and you can know it in your head and you can know it in your heart. So come to Jesus. That's what Christmas is about. Come to Jesus. Jesus who has come to us. Uh, say sorry. Uh, accept his forgiveness. He won for you on the cross when he died. In Jesus there is salvation. A gift from God where there is no shame. There is only forgiveness. There is no condemnation. Only the grace of God. Romans 10 verse 11 says, Anyone who believes in Jesus will never be put to shame. For Jesus endured the shame for us on the cross. One preacher said this, uh, The great thing about Christmas isn't just what we put under the tree, it's the fact that Jesus came to hang upon the tree. Let me finish with this, then I'll show you a little video in a moment. And I hope this illustrates the point of what we've been talking about today. The first of our Christmas series talks... um, I read somewhere uh, that apparently Santa has 31 hours of Christmas to work with, thanks to the different time zones and rotation of the earth. Uh, Assuming he travels east to west, which seems logical. Um, This works out to be 822.6 visits per second. (laughs) This is to say that for each household with good children, uh, Santa has one in one thousandth of a second to park hop out of the sleigh, jump down the chimney, fill in the stocking, distribute the remaining presents under the tree, eat whatever snacks that have left, um, get back up the chimney, back into the sleigh and move on to the next house. It's amazing stuff, isn't it? Admirable, indeed. Um, But of course, the thing about Santa is that you get a present if you've been good. Isn't that right? That's that's how the, the tradition goes, the story goes. The thing about Jesus is that you get, a, you get the present, the present we receive from him is because we have not been good. Why don't we watch this, uh, this video and, and we'll have a bit of fun with this and then we'll close. Ah, Christmas. The time of year we celebrate the birth of Santa. I mean, Jesus. Oh, oops, sorry about that. Those two have so much in common, I'm afraid I often get them confused. I mean, we usually think of them as both having beards and being surrounded by happy little children scurrying about. They both have quite an uncommon last name that starts with C. And what's with all the nicknames? They both have a 
ton of nicknames like Father Christmas, Prince of Peace, Saint Nicholas, Emmanuel, and so on. Speaking of names, does anybody else find it odd that they both somehow know everyone's name? And not just that, I hear they both like to keep detailed records on all of us. But they both seem like pretty generous guys, which is probably why we flood both of them with wish lists and then desperately hope they come through for us. The more I think of it, though, I guess there are a few important differences. For example, I don't think Jesus was known for wearing velvet, but Santa seems to be obsessed with it. Plus, no one has ever accused Jesus of breaking in through the chimney and eating all the cookies. In the end, I keep going back to Santa's naughty or nice distinction. If we're being totally honest, we'll probably find ourselves hoping Santa isn't too strict, or at least we hope he's grading on a curve. Jesus, on the other hand, came because none of us are nice enough. Of course, we keep trying to convince others and ourselves otherwise. Ultimately, Santa is about me and the stuff I so desperately want. But Jesus is about something more. The grace I so desperately need. Come to think of it, maybe they don't have that much in common after all. There you go. Pretty cool, isn't it? All right, friends, what, what do we really need this Christmas? What do we really need? It's not presents. It's not gift vouchers. Uh, in my little presents that I didn't unwrap, you'll have to come to sync tonight to find out what they are, if you like. But in there, I had a pair of underpants, you know, dud Christmas presents, that sort of thing. Um, uh, I think I had a deodorant in the other one. Yes, that sort of present that you get the picture. Yeah, okay, thank you for the hint. Um, it, it's not Santa, and it's not even cricket. That's not what we need. What we really need this Christmas, uh, every year, uh, in fact, every day, don't we? We need Jesus. We need the Saviour, God's gift to the world. I'm going to pray for us, and then, uh, well, there might be an opportunity to ask a question, um, make a comment. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, we thank you, as that video uh, talked about, we thank you for your grace, the love you've shown to us in the gift of Jesus Christ who died for our sin. Lord, we don't deserve that. But Lord, you have um, uh, given Jesus to us, your one and only Son, because of your love for us. Lord, we pray that we respond to your gift uh, in trust and that we would come to Jesus. Lord, today might be a day where we do that for the first time. It might be a day where we, where we give great thanks for Jesus again and again. Uh, Lord, thank you for Christmas. What it's really all about, it points to the Saviour of the world. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we pray that you'd bless the rest of today and um, in Jesus' name, amen. So, any comments or questions? Uh, don't forget to use the comment cards. Um, had a bit of a drought lately. There was nothing in there at all the last two weeks. I got there on Sunday night and looked at it and thought, oh dear, oh well. Um, <laughs> any comment or question? It's a great video, isn't it? Yeah, it is good. Yep. You could, if you, uh, it's through a group called Igniter Media, so we've actually, I've paid for it, um, but you can see it with a preview only watermark on it uh, on YouTube. If you Googled 
Jesus and Santa Ignite at Media. Or you could email me and I'll email you the link. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, there's all sorts of copyright problems with that. So we can't just handle out willy-nilly. They, yeah, probably not. It's usually all online these days. Yeah, but worth tracking down. But I can help you find it if you need to. Yeah, Josh. Comments or questions? Give us the gist, Joan. What's the gist of what he said? God, God, that, that's one thing we have to grapple with, isn't it, as human beings, that God is actually God. Um, but the amazing thing about the grace of God is that he has given us his son and he has come to us. Um, that, that's actually, um, that's next week. Uh, God with us, Emmanuel. Um, but that, that's just incredible that God who created the whole world um, and knowing what we're like as well came to us to save us. Isn't that amazing? It is. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. God doesn't owe us. Yeah. Thanks, John. Well, let's, um, let's stand and... Oh, yes. Yeah. Great. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I uh, learnt years ago, grace as an acronym, God's riches at Christ's expense. That, that works pretty well too, but God's gift, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Queen. Yeah. Let's, um, 